0: If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Throughout the Bible, the way in which a Christian lives their life, the way in which they conduct themselves is described as their walk. And the Bible tells us as we walk the Christian life, there are three important things that we should walk in. Uh, we should walk in Christ. We should walk in the Spirit. We should walk in the light. And so as we're walking the Christian life, these are three important things to walk in. But the, the Bible also describes for us what we should walk by. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we're told, uh, For we walk by faith and not by Site. One of the most important aspects of our Christian walk is that we're walking by faith, that we're living our lives by faith. And, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, which we're studying through right now, the entire chapter's focus is faith. And the author starts by giving us this definition of faith, but then he gives example after example after example of people who lived this life Of faith, And he gets very specific in these particular areas of individual lives where they lived a life of faith. And as you noticed uh, from last week, we look at that particular area in Abel's life, the the life of faith in worship. But this morning we're going to look at another individual that the author of Hebrews reveals to us, and that is Enoch. And we're going to look at a a particular aspect of his faith. We're going to look at his walk of faith. Faith And really Enoch's walk is a great example for us today, not just because any example of someone walking by faith is a good example, which it is, but there's something specific about Enoch that I think will relate very well to because the world that Enoch lived in is very similar to the world that we live in today. And also Enoch is a picture of what believers in the end times are like. I believe that we are living in the end times and we need to be like Enoch and live a life of faith. To walk with God, we need to walk in faith. Now, Enoch's walk of faith this morning, we're going to look at four very important things about his walk of faith. First, we're going to look at the world that Enoch walked in. Well, we're going to see that the world that he walked in and he lived this life of faith in is very similar to the world that we walk and live our lives in today. Second, we're going to look at the why Enoch started walking. We're going to see the reason why Enoch goes from not walking with God to walking with God. Well, what, what changed in his life to cause him to do that? Third, we're going to look at the wonder that Enoch's walk produced. We're going to look at something very unique, some wonder that God does for Enoch as he walks with him. And this wonder, this unique thing is something that the Bible tells us that God will do for all believers in him at the end times. And so I think it's very likely that many of us will experience this wonder, this unique thing that we're going to see concerning Enoch. And fourth, we're going to look at the witness that his walk meant to God. We're going to see, you know, as he walked with God, what did it do for God? We're going to see that it pleased God. And we're going to notice the fact that if we want to please God, we too must have a walk of faith like Enoch. So as we look at Enoch's walk of faith this morning, we're going to see the world, the why, the wonder, and the witness... Of his walk, And my hope is, as we look at the example of Enoch, that we would recognize God wants us to follow that example. That you and I would have a walk of faith that is like his. So we're going to start reading what the author of Hebrews tells us concerning Enoch's walk of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, it tells us this. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, just like we saw with last week, uh, the author recognized that his initial recipients would have been familiar with the story of Abel back in Genesis, and so he doesn't give a lot of details about Abel. He just kind of shares a specific thing about the worship of Abel, the faith that he has in that, and in the same way as the author uh, shares some things about Enoch, he's really just focusing on the unique, specific area in Enoch's life connected with his walk of faith, and so just like we did last week, really to have that understanding that the initial readers had, we want to go back to Genesis, we want to get a little better understanding of what we're told about Enoch, so that we can understand better what the author of Hebrews is um, addressing and dealing with, and so Genesis chapter 5 shares with us some insights about Enoch, starting in verse 18, we're told this, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. The first thing I I want us to really focus on and look at in Enoch's walk of faith is the world that Enoch walked this life of faith in. Enoch lived in the time right before the flood. And we really need to understand what God said the world was like right before the flood so we can have an idea of what kind of world was that? What kind of world was Enoch walking this life of faith in? Well, Genesis 6-5, God declares exactly what the world was like before the flood. He tells us this, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually so notice this enoch lived in a time lived in a world that was desperately wicked the the wickedness of man was great on the earth and it was so great we're told that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only on evil continually You know, if you were going to describe our world today and the direction it's headed and and what we're seeing more and more and more as we look at it, this becomes a very accurate description of the world we're living in. Our world today, we see that really every intent of the thoughts of people's hearts are only evil continually. Every time you, you turn on the news, you see another evil content another evil thought another thing that people are doing that you know just shows the wickedness in our world you know jesus tells us something about what the world will be like when he comes back to rapture his church in matthew twenty we're told this but as the days of noah were so also will the coming of the son of man be And then he goes on to talk about one person's going to, two people will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. You know, he's speaking about the rapture and Jesus is saying, hey, when I come back, what I want you to know is the world when I come back is going to be very similar to the world as it was in the time of Noah. And look at what we're told here. What was the world like in the time of Noah? Oh, it was desperately wicked. Every thought, intent of of people's heart was on evil continually. And Jesus saying, that's the kind of world that I'm coming back to when I come to rapture my church. I believe we are living in the last days when Jesus is going to come for his church. And I think one of the signs of that is just the debauchery, the wickedness, where our world is at and the, and the direction that it's headed to shows. Hey, Jesus says, I'm coming back when it's like that, and we're seeing that corruption and that wickedness like we did with Noah and Enoch in the days that they lived. And so Enoch, when he, he's walking by faith, but understand it, it's not in some godly world. He's not walking by faith where everyone is cheering him on and they think it's great. He's walking by faith in a time where he was the exception, not the rule, where he was someone that you could probably even think he might have been one of the very, very few that were doing it. Because as we're going to see next week, as we look at, you know, when the, God judges the world, there's only going to be eight people that escaped that judgment. The rest of the world is going to be destroyed in the flood. Only uh, Noah and his family are going to go. Now, Enoch passes away before the flood, but you know, at this point in time in his life, he probably was one of the very, very few people that actually walked with God because he lived in a culture, in a time, where people lived against the things of God, not for the things of God. In Genesis chapter 5, we're told that he walked with God For 300 years. Now, that's kind of a a hard thing for us to grasp because, you know, we can't even think of living beyond 100. But imagine that you had 300 years to live. Could you walk with God for that whole time? I mean, for us, it can be hard to to walk with God for one year, much less 300 years. And one of the reasons it's hard is because, you know, we have a, a tendency to want to be accepted by the crowd To follow the crowd. But you know, walking by faith in God is something that the crowd of this world doesn't accept. Something the crowd of this world is not doing. So in order to walk by faith in God, you got to make a choice. A choice that says, I'm going to go against the crowd. I'm going to go against the world. I'm going to go against the philosophies that they bring, the way in which they live, pretty much everything. I'm going to completely do the opposite of what the world does. You see, a person who walks by faith really gets to a point where they don't care what direction the world's going. They just care what direction God wants them to go. And that's the direction that they follow. A person who walks by faith in God is going to go against the stream of this world. And that can be hard. You, know, you go against the stream and the current that's pushing so hard. It can be difficult, but it also can be difficult because along the way there's persecution. Along the way, the world is going to tell you what they think about you. Hey, you're going the wrong way, you idiot. What are you thinking? You know they're going to share things and say things and and you know ridicule us. But you know what? If Enoch could walk by faith in God for 300 years in such a wicked and corrupt world, I'm confident that you and I can walk by faith in God for the time that we have, whether it's 70, 80 years in this life. And the reason I'm so convinced of that is because I want you to understand something about Enoch. He didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Here's a man who walked with God without the power that you and I possess. You and I have so much more at our disposal, so much more that God has given to us to enable us to walk in faith than Enoch did. And so if Enoch can do it in a time of wickedness that he lived in, you and I, with the power of the Holy Spirit, can definitely do it in the time that we live today. So the first thing I want you to note about Enoch's walk of faith is he walked by faith in a wicked world just like ours as an example that we too can walk by faith in our wicked world. You know, a few weeks ago, I shared a teaching before we got into these chapters because I said, you know what, these chapters are going to be very applicable, very challenging, and I want us to be reminded of the fact that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we spent a whole teaching looking at the fact that God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. And we need to recognize that as we seek to walk by faith, to recognize we have at our disposal what is necessary to do that. So even in this wicked and corrupt world that we live in, we can walk by faith, we can go against the world, go against what they're doing, and follow the Lord in faith. So now that we've looked at the world that Enoch walked in, we're going to look at the reason why Enoch started to walk with God. Genesis chapter 5 again, verses 21 and 22. Enoch lived 65 years and he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Now these verses share with us two very important things concerning Enoch. The first thing is that Enoch didn't always walk with God. And so this is an important thing to understand. We're told Enoch lived 65 years. Then he had his son Methuselah. And it was after he begot Methuselah that Enoch started walking with God for 300 years. So notice it's 65 years of his life he didn't walk with God. For 65 years of his life, assume you know, he walked just like the rest of the world. He, he walked in the wickedness. He walked in these things. But you know what? There came this point in time at 65. He has Methuselah. And then all of a sudden, things change, and he starts to walk with God. Now, for some people, just having a child is enough. And you see this. You, know, you, you watch people who are just kind of you know, partying and living their life and doing it, and they're you know, young and they're married, and all of a sudden they have a kid and the responsibility and the weight of that and the recognition of, man, I surely don't want my child to live like me right now causes them to say, I'm going to change. I'm going to live life differently. I want to be an example to them of something good. And you often see people go from, you know, living for the world to living for God. And one of the big driving things for them is the fact that they had a child. But you know what? There's more than that for Enoch, it wasn't just man, I got Methuselah and I got to get my life together. I got to start walking with God now. There was something even more that motivated Enoch to change the way in which he walked. And we really see that in the name of his son. Back at that time, what you named your child and the meaning of their name had great significance. Maybe not so much today, but definitely then. And the name that Methuselah means is his death shall bring. Or more loosely translated, when he dies, it will come. Now think about that. That's quite an odd, unique name to give to your child. You know, well, let's name him when his, when he, uh, his death shall bring. Uh, But something important to note is that the Bible tells us Enoch was a prophet. Prophets were people that God gave specific messages to that he wanted them to declare to others. And the book of Jude reveals to us something that God gave to Enoch, a specific prophecy that he gave to Enoch that Enoch shared with others. We're told this in Jude 14 and 15 now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also saying behold the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they've committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, this prophecy is clearly speaking about the second coming of Jesus and the judgment that he's going to bring on the ungodly world that he comes to. But I want you to know something. It seems that God also warned Enoch, not just of the future judgment of God that would come long after his death, but that there was a more immediate judgment that was coming very soon in the flood. And that God revealed to him It will not come, this judgment of the flood will not come until your son Methuselah dies. So with that awareness, Enoch names his son Methuselah. His death shall bring. What's it going to bring? It's going to bring the judgment of God upon this wicked world in a flood. Now I want you to note something very interesting to help prove that this is the reason that Enoch gave Methuselah his name. If you read the genealogical record in Genesis chapter 5, you have all these ages and when people died, uh, and you can look through that, and we have enough information to know exactly when Methuselah died. And I won't go through all the math with you this morning, but the thing that you discover as you do that is the exact same year that the flood happened is the year that uh, Methuselah died. And it's a crazy thing. I think it's very possible that the exact day that Methuselah died, the rain started falling for the flood. Because God says, hey, Enoch, I want you to know, when your son Methuselah dies, judgment's coming. Enoch knows that. He reveals that by naming his son his death shall bring. And once Methuselah is born, we see a change in Enoch. Enoch. He was walking for other things now he starts walking for the Lord walking by faith and one aspect of the faith of Enoch is he believed what God told him he believed judgment was coming he believed when God said you know what when your son's dead I'm bringing judgment upon this world here's another fascinating thing when you recognize that Some of you probably don't read the genealogies in the Bible. It's a lot of big names. It seems like a waste of time for some. But you know what? If you come across Methuselah and you start looking at the ages, because back in Genesis, people lived a really long time. You'll notice one thing about Methuselah. He lived 969 years. And when you look at all the other dates, you'll find he lived longer than anyone else. And the reason I find that very interesting is because, guess what? God says, when he dies, judgment's coming. And he lives and he lives and he lives longer than anyone else. And I think it just shows something about God's patience, God's mercy, that he desires that none should perish, that all should come to repentance, that he's saying judgment's going to come when this guy dies and I'm going to have him live longer than anyone ever so I can give more time to people to get right with me. You know, I think oftentimes today we wonder when's Jesus going to come back? Why is he waiting so long? And we need to realize the main reason God waits is because he's patient, he's merciful, he wants more people to hear the gospel, more people to come to know him, more people to be saved. You know, as believers, we often declare, Maranatha, we'll pray and we'll ask, Lord, come quickly. And I get that understanding, I get that mindset, because for us it's great. Lord, come, take us out of this wicked world. Come, receive us to yourself. We'd love to go to heaven with you. Oh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We think of all these things and we're excited. So for us, wonderful if he comes back at this moment. But you know what? Not so much for anybody who doesn't believe in him. Those who are lost, him coming back today is a horrible thing. And I personally believe the heart of God is that we wouldn't pray, Lord, come back right now. But Lord, wait another day. Give another opportunity for another person to come and put their faith in you and be saved. So, the reason why Enoch started walking with God is because God revealed to him the judgment that he brings upon sin, upon the wicked, evil world. And that reality changed the way in which Enoch lived his life. 65 years, he lived like the world. And when he recognized the judgment of God on sin, it drastically changed his life to start living for God and walking a walk of faith. The second thing I want you to note about Enoch's walk of faith is he started to walk by faith when God revealed to him the judgment that sin brings and his example of why we should walk by faith. Well, think about it. You know, when we share the gospel with people, one of the most important things that we should start with is the bad news. You know, if you just get into and some people say, oh, yeah, Jesus loves you as a wonderful plan for your life. And it's just like, "Okay, great. I'll just keep living how I'm living. He loves me as a wonderful plan for my life. It it doesn't get them to recognize the problem, the bad news. We got to start with the bad news. You are a sinner and it gets worse. The judgment of God is going to come upon you for all eternity in hell because of your sin. And once someone recognizes the bad news... That's the reason why the good news is good. That's the reason why they turn and say, wow, the fact that Jesus came to pay for my sin to make me escape the judgment of God, it becomes like this wonderful thing because I need it because I recognize the bad news. That judgment so often drives people to a place where they say, I want to make a decision to walk with Jesus, to put my life in His hands, to trust in Him. We see it happen with Enoch. And it's what happens with us and people today as well. So we've looked at the world Enoch walked in. We looked at the reason why he started walking. And now we're going to look at the wonder his walk produced. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Here the author reveals a wonder, this unique thing that takes place with Enoch. And that wonder is the fact that Enoch never died. And the reason he never got died is because God had taken him away. Now when you read Genesis chapter 5, this truth just jumps off the page to you. And the reason why is Genesis chapter 5 is one of those chapters that some people skip. Because it's a genealogy from Adam to Noah. And it's a lot of big names and it's, you know, ages of people and when they died. And so sometimes people just go from four to six and they just kind of skip over chapter five. And if they do, they miss this amazing thing that just jumps off the page because you see the theme of Genesis chapter five is a theme of death. You'll see with every single person that you're looking through, except for Enoch, the end of the genealogy is end he died. Adam and he died. Seth. And he died. Enos, Canaan. Maheliel. Jared. And he died. And he died. And he died. And then all of a sudden you come to Enoch. And this is why the words here should jump off the page. Because we're told. Genesis 5. 21. Through 24, you're already reading, and he died, and he died, and he died, and you're expecting the same thing. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and at this moment we expect to see the words, and he died, just like we saw with everybody else. But that's not what we see. We see an Enoch walk with God, and he was not, for God took him. And so Genesis 5, the theme death, death, death. And then all of a sudden, Enoch interrupts that theme because he doesn't die. God takes him from this world. Now, it's interesting, Hebrews, we're told Enoch was taken away. And because of that, he did not see death. And this Greek word translated taken away means to be carried or transferred from one place to another. So we're told, Enoch, walk with God 300 years. And then God decided, I am going to transfer you from earth to heaven. A little girl in Sunday school told the story of Enoch in her way. She said, Enoch was a man who learned to walk with God. And they used to take long walks together. One day they walked so far that God said, look, it's too far for you to go back home, Enoch. So just come home with me. So he walked on home with God. You know, I like her explanation. You know, one moment Enoch's walking with God here on this earth, and the Lord's just like, you know what, Enoch? Just come home with me. And the next moment, he's walking with God in heaven. You know, Enoch is only one of two men in the entire Bible that never died. The other man is Elijah. And the fact that God just took him from the earth to heaven It's a wonderful picture. A wonderful picture that should mean something to us because it's a picture of what believers in the end times will be like. Believers who are raptured by God. You see, our world is still a world of death. Everyone still dies. There's still only two people who have never died, and that is still Enoch and Elijah. But you know what? There's going to be... One big exception to that rule. For those who have put their faith in Jesus, when Jesus returns for his church, all those who have believed in him are not going to die. They're going to be raptured while still alive. We're told this in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. That term caught up, to be caught up together with the Lord, that's where we get our term rapture from. It means to be caught up. So this Greek word taken away in Hebrews 11 and caught up here in 1 Thessalonians, really they're very similar words. They have a very similar meaning. And so I do not think in any way, shape, or form it would be a stretch to say that Enoch was raptured. He was caught up. He was taken from earth to heaven, just like we're going to see in the future with believers in Jesus. And I believe many of us will be alive when Jesus comes back to rapture his church. And I think it's important to remember the reason why Enoch gets this. Some people might read this and think, man, he had such a great walk. He had did so many wonderful works and he kind of earned the fact that he didn't die. No, let's not miss the whole theme of Hebrews chapter 11. Let's not miss the point of it all. The reason he gets to go from earth to heaven without dying is his faith. It's not this works, it's faith. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. Mark that this holiest of men whose walk with God was so close and unbroken that he was permitted to escape the pangs of death. Nevertheless, did not attain to this high position by his own works, but by faith. When Jesus comes to rapture his church, we need to understand something very important. He's not just going to be looking and saying, oh, those guys, they've done enough work. Shoop. Oh, enough work. Boom. You know, I'm just going to rapture those whose works were good enough and those who weren't kind of good enough. They're they're staying behind. No, there's only going to be one reason and one reason alone for why people, when Jesus comes to rapture his church, are going to be taken from earth to heaven without dying. And that's for their faith in Jesus. That's going to be the underlying thing. That's going to be the only thing that causes those who are still alive at that moment to be raptured. So the third thing I want you to note, about Enoch's walk of faith is it produced the wonder of escaping death as an example of what will happen to believers during the rapture. I try to ponder this, and what an amazing thing it is to think of one moment walking with God here on this earth, and the next moment being with the Lord in heaven. And I personally hope that I'm still alive When the Lord comes back, because what a glorious experience that would be to escape death and just to be walking with God here on this earth. And then all of a sudden in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're with him in heaven. So we've looked at the world Enoch walked in, the reason why he started walking, the wonder that his walk produced. And we're going to finish by looking at the witness Enoch's walk meant to God. Hebrews eleven five and 6 again. By faith Enoch was taken away so they did not see death. It was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice that we're told that before Enoch was taken to heaven by God, he had a testimony. There was a witness concerning Enoch, and that witness was he pleased God. Enoch walked with God for 300 years, and it pleased God. And I want you to know the thing that pleased God the most is the fact that it was a walk by faith. Faith is the thing that brought God that pleasure. And as we looked at last week, so we won't get into it this morning, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The author wants us not to miss it because if you read through Genesis, there's no specific you know, saying, "Oh, Enoch was this great man of faith, but the author's saying he pleased God so greatly and the only way to please God is through faith. And so we can know his walk of faith was so great because of the pleasure it brought God was so great. Our walk, the way in which we live our lives, it's only going to please God If it's a walk of faith. And I hope that's our desire. Just like I looked at last week, I say, I hope when we're worshiping God, we want to bring him pleasure. Well, it needs to be worship by faith. As we live our life, my hope and desire for myself, and I hope that you have it as well, is I want to please God. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen unless it's a life of faith. You see, each one of us have a walk. We have a way in which we're living. The question we need to ask ourselves is our walk, a walk of faith that pleases God. Is the way in which you're living your life pleasing to God? And you can just know this from what this passage tells us in verse 6. If you're not walking by faith, you can know I'm not pleasing God. We want to convince ourselves, but but Lord, I'm doing this thing and, and I'm doing that thing and I'm giving you this and that. But God's making very clear, if it's not by faith, it's not pleasurable to me. And so instead of saying, Lord, I'm going to give you what I think you should be pleased by, why don't we just listen to what he says he's pleased by and offer him that. Walking by faith. So the fourth thing I want you to note about Enoch's walk of faith, his walk of faith pleased God, and he's an example that the way to please God is to walk by faith. God wants you and I to walk by faith in him every single day not once a week, once a month, once a year, that there's a daily walk of faith in every area of our life in him. And Enoch, he's just a wonderful example of doing that. He walked in faith in a wicked world, just like ours. So we can't use that excuse. Well, you know, Lord, I know that some of these people walked in faith, but they live in a time much different than our time. If you knew how wicked it was, you'd realize how many temptations there are. You realize how hard it would be. No, we can do it just like he did. He started walking by faith when he re, God revealed to him the judgment that sin brings. And, and for most of us, that's probably what really drove us to the gospel, drove us to accepting Christ, recognizing how God sees sin and the end result of that sin and wanting that salvation that he brings. His walk of faith produced the wonder of escaping death. And you know what? We're in that unique generation that some of us might experience that wonder as well by being raptured. And his walk of faith pleased God, which is something we will do only if we walk by faith as well. Enoch walked by faith 300 years. We're not going to have 300 years. But you know what? God wants us for the years that we do have left to be those who walk by faith in him. Every day we're walking. Every day we're living for something. I just want you to be real with yourself this morning and just ask yourself, am I living and walking by faith? And if the answer is no in a particular area or no in a lot of areas, recognize you need God's help. The only way you're going to please God is if you're walking by faith. I love the old hymn titled, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. There's a verse that says, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. Granite, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. You know, that's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for each one of you. Let it be, dear Lord, that we would walk close to Jesus every day. And if there's areas of your life where you haven't been walking by faith in Jesus, realize those areas need to change. And you and I and ourselves and our power, we don't have what we need in ourselves to make that change. But you know what? Through the power of the Spirit of God, through what God offers us, we can make those changes. And so what I want to do as we close this morning is just have a moment for us to be quiet before the Lord. And I want to encourage you, if you're examining your life and you're saying, you know what, there's this area or that area where I have not been walking by faith, that just between you and God is quiet, just to come before Him. You can come first in repentance, and then second, Lord, I need help. I want to change. I don't want this to continue. I don't want my life to just continue to be this life where I'm living for myself or living for something else instead of walking in faith with you. And so if that's you in this moment that we're quiet before the Lord, I encourage you just to ask him to help you change and watch how that change comes. And so let's just take a moment to be quiet before the Lord and then I'll close this in prayer.